You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in on a Thursday edition of the podcast, a packed show ahead, folks. We're going to be joined by B.J. Reigns from the Idaho Press Tribune, one of the foremost authorities when it comes to covering the Boise State Broncos. Get his insights on Friday night's matchup between the Cougars and the Broncos at Albertson Stadium. Also need to talk a little bit about something that's developing based on some news we heard yesterday about the University of Utah and head coach Kyle Whittingham. Is it a blueprint of how BYU should go about rewarding Kalani Satake for this breakout season for the Cougars. We'll get to all of that ahead on today's show. It's brought to you today by our good friends at Built Go. Love this company. We'll tell you a little bit more about what they're offering you guys here in just a little bit. With that rundown out of the way, let's get to it here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for November 5th, 2020. What's up, my friends? I'm Jay Katz, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thank you again for taking some time to join us on your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. First things first, a reminder for you guys, if you're new to the show, we aim to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news you need to know about each and every day, as well as passing along insider tidbits that you will not find anywhere else. So a big thank you for your support of the show, and hopefully you guys will join us every day as we talk about the Cougars. Additionally, if you haven't done so already, make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button so you never miss an episode of this podcast, and it just populates right there in your podcast feed. You don't have to do anything to search for it. It makes it real simple, and right there for you. All right, let's get to the real meat and potatoes of today's show. Let's start off with a story we learned about yesterday, and that was an announcement from the University of Utah that they have extended the contract of head coach Kyle Whittingham through 2027. In essence, it's a four-year contract extension on his current deal. Here's the deal with this. A lot of people are wondering, okay, what in the world did Kyle Whittingham do to deserve a four-year extension despite Utah not playing a game so far this season? Well, there's a, that's absolutely an argument to be had. We haven't seen them play. They're going to take on the University of Arizona here on Saturday at Rice-Eccles Stadium. But the back-to-back wins of the Pac-12 South title for the Utes I think really have prompted the University of Utah to capitalize on this and really solidify Kyle Whittingham's status as the head coach of the Utah football program, especially with regards to recruiting. So the biggest thing with this is BYU and how it relates is that I feel like with this breakout season for the Cougars, I know that Kalani Satake got that much uh, talked about contract extension last year. It was controversial at the time for some BYU fans and still is to a degree. But I'll tell you what, there are going to be Power 5 programs, COVID pandemic uh, related, uh, what do you call them, expenses or buyouts, whatever it might be, just the overall economics of the COVID-19 pandemic notwithstanding. There are going to be programs who are going to be very interested in Kalani Satake this upcoming this is the upcoming offseason, is what I'm trying to say. So, what I am advocating for BYU to do is to do something similar to what the University of Utah has done. Get in there, give Kalani Satake a contract extension, up his pool that he's able to pay his assistant coaches with, and reward him for this breakout season. 
because he is going to have suitors no matter what the situation is. There are going to be P5 programs who are going to dig deep into their pockets and fire their coaches. There might be other top-level G5 programs who would do similar. If they come after Kalani Satake, well, they're going to have to pony up money to get him to pry him away from his alma mater. But Kalani Satake, relatively, relative to the market that he is working in in terms of head coaching salaries, he's making half as much based on what I understand of it as maybe some P5 coordinators are out there making. Well, just for example, former BYU quarterback legend Steve Sarkeesian, as the offensive coordinator at Alabama, based on what I read, he's making $2.5 million a year. Yeah, well, if you believe Kalani Satake's salary is in that $1 million range, well, that's more than double what Kalani's making as a head coach at BYU. I'm not going to sit here and bash on BYU for not paying market rate. I do think that they could up the ante a little bit with regards to salaries, but that's their prerogative. They can decide how they're going to approach that moving forward because at some point it is going to bite them in the rear end to not pay what they are expected to pay for the level they compete at. But Kalani is an interesting case here, folks. He loves the university that he played for as a Cougar when he was in college, the program he grew up rooting for as a young man living in Hawaii, then in Missouri, and also in Utah. He loves BYU, but money talks, folks, and at some point, there will probably come an offer or offers to Kalani Satake that'll make him seriously sit there and say, you know what, do I want to take this opportunity make some extra money, make more money than I'd know what to do with and try and build another program. You hope that he feels enough loyalty to BYU that he sticks around, but at some point, BYU's got to foot the bill. They've got to be able to say, you know what, Kalani, we want to make it so you're comfortable coaching here at BYU. And I'm not saying right now that Kalani Satake is looking to leave. I don't believe for a second that he is sitting there thinking, you know what, I'm going to cash in on this year and I'm one foot out the door already. That's not Kalani Satake. The BYU football program to him is more than just a job. It is a passion project. It is something he has dreamed of most of his adult life, and he's living his dream. So I don't think that Kalani, and this is just my personal gut feeling on this, I don't have any way to report this, and even if I were to ask Kalani Satake about it, he would deflect and probably just ignore my question outright. Uh, but if we were to give him truth serum, I think that he absolutely would acknowledge that BYU is a different job for him than most college football jobs are. But at some point, I'm telling you folks, money talks, and BYU, especially in the recruiting front, well, there are going to be recruits this year who are going to be wondering, well, is Coach Satake going to be there the entire time I'm playing at BYU? It was a similar discussion a year ago, but BYU was thought and Kalani was thought to be on the hot seat a little bit based on some lackluster performances in 2017 and 2018. Some players were wondering, well, is he going to get the contract extension will keep him on the job while I'm a Cougar. This year, it's a different type of conversation. They need to extend him to assure these recruits that, yes, Kalani will be there as the head coach, but additionally, to help offset some of the interest I think that Kalani Satake might entertain otherwise. So I'm not going to sit here and say that BYU needs to back up the Brinks truck and dump it in Kalani Satake's front yard and pay him $3 million a year to make sure he stays. But I do believe, especially, by the way, if BYU makes it to a, a New Year's Day, a New Year's Six bowl game, we're looking at a 20 plus million dollar payday for the Cougars coming out of that. 
You cannot tell me, and if BYU spews this BS in any way, shape, or form, that they're not going to reinvest that money into the BYU football program. If I'm Kalani Satake, I've got a foot out the door at that point. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. I'm absolutely looking to leave if they're not going to reinvest. That money comes in, and Kalani helps earn it with his program in this breakout season. They still got to beat Boise State. Let's acknowledge that. They do that, though, and you don't give him a raise. Yeah, if I'm Kalani Satake, I might have a little more wandering eyes looking elsewhere. So I do think BYU should follow the lead of the University of Utah and kind of shore up their head coach. And there's no guarantee that Kyle Whittingham's going to coach out his contract at Utah. Actually, personally, based on what I hear, there's not a chance he finishes that contract. But it's something to set in place to help recruits understand, you know what, he's here for the long haul. He is not going to leave while you're a student athlete there. BYU needs to do something similar and help Kalani Satake really establish himself and also help out on the recruiting front in that regard because there is going to come interest from multiple Power 5 programs for Kalani Satake, especially if this season plays out as an undefeated team going to a New Year's Six Bowl game. You can book it. You can guarantee that, and I guarantee that will happen. All right, so there you go. Some of my thoughts on that, but we'll talk more about the Boise State game this Friday coming up next. Going to chat with BJ Reigns from the Idaho Press Tribune. Been a long time a contributor to the podcast. We've had him on a couple of times, seemingly every time BYU and Boise State square off. Excited to catch up with him, get a look at what the 2020 Broncos program brings to the table in this matchup between two top 25 programs on Friday night. We'll get to that here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Built Go. Told you a lot about this company since they signed on with us, but I want to reiterate to you guys, Built Go is here to help you guys break through the walls, whether they're physical, mental, whatever it might be, they want to help you break through. I've talked about in the past how my radio job, by the early afternoons, guys, I am in a fog, I am struggling because I wake up at 3.30 in the morning. It is a very early morning for my radio job with DJ and PK, and by the early afternoon, yeah, I am hitting a wall. I can tell you this much, though. Built Go has been a fantastic addition to my diet and has been a big part of helping me break through that fog or that wall that I hit in the early afternoon. I would encourage you guys to go to BuiltGo.com, learn more about these packages that they offer. 1.5 ounces, really easy to eat. You can put them anywhere. Put them in a golf bag, your backpack, your briefcase. No matter what it is, they're easy to transport, and they're like the five-hour energy feeling, but without the crash afterwards, guys. They've got a kick of caffeine to get you going, but then the B vitamins they also have there with the collagen protein are built to keep you going through the rest of your day. That's what I love about BuiltGo. Go to BuiltGo.com, and right now when we use the promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, you'll save 20% off your next order. Break through whatever walls may be facing you and do it with BuiltGo. Go to BuiltGo.com. Once again, use that promo code LOCKED. Get 20% off. Let's go with BuiltGo. All right, folks, had a chance to catch up with BJ Reigns from the Idaho Press Tribune. And the first question you're going to hear is going to be about the question I had about whether BYU, the game against the Cougars for the Broncos, was going to have any fans in the stands. We recorded this before their meeting came last night, which was approved that nearly about 1,100 Boise State fans, that means family of players, administrators, also 500 Boise State students, but 1,100 people in all will be in attendance at Albertson Stadium for the BYU game. 
Uh, BJ's answer, he didn't know exactly what was going to happen, but his answer was still very good about what it was looking like for both of these programs in terms of that. And also some great information on the personnel notes, especially when it comes to Hank Bachmeyer and George Halani, the starting quarterback and running back for the Boise State football program going into this matchup. So without further ado, here you go. BJ Reigns from the Idaho Press Tribune with myself right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. BJ, thanks for taking the time. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Jake. Thanks for having me on, man. Absolutely. Well, the big game is here. We have number nine BYU heading to the blue turf to take on number 21 Boise State. I know that uh, there are reports out there of fans potentially being able to attend the game, students and the like. What is the latest on that front that you've heard? Well, the meeting's in about 30 minutes, so I don't know when you're going to air this podcast, my man, but uh, we'll probably know by then, and I, I'm uh, pretty confident it'll pass. I think you're going to see fans uh, about 1,100. You're going to have about four to 500 students. You're going to have uh, some uh, the band, the cheerleaders, and some parents. That's about it. So it's still going to be almost an empty stadium. I mean, you're talking – um, you know, one, 1,000 out of 36,000, that's what, 3%. So um, they're just going to spread them around, but it's not going to be very many. So I don't think it's going to be much in terms of an atmosphere. But, you know, it's cool for the parents to get to go, and you'll have the band and the cheerleaders, which helps. And, and uh, they didn't even have them for the first game. They had literally nobody. It was a weird feeling for the first game. So they'll get a few fans in there, a few students, and uh, some parents and the band and cheerleaders. And it'll, it'll feel a little bit more like a college football game, but it'll – still be mostly empty which is disappointing because you would have set albertson stadium attendance records for this one if you could have had full capacity for sure absolutely what is against the overall um a sense of how people are getting ready for this game in the community oh they're fired up for it. i mean there's a lot of byu fans in boise um so it's always been a, a game that a lot of people look forward to and i think uh you know boise state fans are um, you know, still hold not hope themselves, just like BYU is of a New Year's Six Bowl game and wanting to go undefeated. And so it's a huge game for, for Boise State, just as it is for BYU. It's only the second time in 20 years that uh, if the betting line holds, that Boise State will be an underdog on the blue. And so they're not used to this position where the other team's coming in ranked higher and is expected to win. And so they're kind of, I think fans are just really looking forward to, you know, um, showing that, you know, seeing what Boise State is and showing if, uh, you know, BYU is for real or not. And so I think there's a lot of anticipation. Like I said, it's just uh, very disappointing because you'd have had people tailgating, you know, Thursday night into Friday and all day. And it would have been a it would have been just an amazing electric atmosphere like it has been for the last couple of BYU-Boise State games. So it's disappointing from that aspect, but I think people are still really fired up and it's it really seeming like this week's going pretty slow here in Boise, trying to get to Friday. <laughs> it's going slow in Provo and the greater Utah area. I can tell you that much, too. A lot of people waiting for this game to happen. Uh, BJ, let's talk about some of the personnel in this game. Jack Sears starts the game against Air Force last week. No official word from Boise State this week on the status of Hank Bachmeyer. I know you guys have asked Brian Harson, and he was less than enthused to even give you a response on it at all. What is your gut feeling on who starts at quarterback? I think it's probably Jack Sears. I mean, just kind of reading between the lines, it sure looks like uh, Hank Bachmeyer may be out due to COVID protocol. And you hate to speculate on something like that, but when they, you know, when Boise State's being as elusive as they are with why he's missing the game or why he missed last week's game against Air Force, you put two and two together, and it sure seems like in a crazy 2020 that uh, whether he had COVID or was by somebody that had COVID and he's in the contact tracing, who knows? But, you know, Boise State did announce before the game that one player was out due to COVID protocol against Air Force and they were without two starters 
uh, Bachmeyer and, and a safety, J.L. Skinner, and Harson indicated this week that they expect J.L. Skinner to be back. So, you know, the only other guy you would think it would be would be Bachmeyer, unless it was a freshman or something I wasn't going to play anyway. But, you know, Bachmeyer finished the last game, did the post-game interviews, didn't seem to have an injury. So unless he was hurt in practice, it just was very odd. He all of a sudden just didn't show up on Saturday to play in the game. So um, he's probably out again if you put two and two together in terms of the time frame that would be needed for him to be cleared to return to be around his teammates and stuff. And so I think Jack Spears starts and not a bad backup option to have when you throw for 280 yards and three touchdowns and had three incomplete passes and two of them were throwaways and one was a drop. I mean, it was uh, pretty impressive what Jack Spears did. And so obviously BYU is, you know, had more tape on him now, and it probably helps them as opposed to a team like Air Force who didn't know until an hour before the game that he was starting. But um, I think Sears starts at quarterback, and um, based on what we saw against Air Force, I think he'll give Boise State a chance to win. Also, George Halani, what are you hearing on his status, if anything? Yeah, that one's a little more uh, up in the air, I think. You know, Brian Harson said that he was healing up, um, and they would see how he was throughout the week, and so sounds like he might be a game-time decision. You know, he went down in the very first drive of the game against Air Force. Um, you know, had a, a tackler hit his knee with his helmet, and so he kind of had a helmet to the knee, uh, and it was his knee that got hit, and he, it was weird. He jogged off, but you just thought it was something small, and then he never came back. And so um, don't really know what he's dealing with there, but it looked like apparently something to his knee. Um, but there was no, you know, he didn't have crutches or anything on the sideline. I guess there was a small knee brace put on him when he came out of the uh, – the little you know tent there or whatever uh, on the sideline but um you know it was just odd it didn't seem like anything really bad at the time and so i, I think he's going to try to give it a go i think he's going to be a game time decision andrew van buren came in and did pretty well rushed for two touchdowns and 70 yards but you're talking about a thousand yard rusher in george halani and that was as a freshman uh he's obviously a huge part of the offense for boise state so that would be huge if he's not able to go or not at 100 percent. but I, I i would be surprised if he didn't try to give it a go Obviously, Boise State, there's a lot of weapons on offense. I think Khalil Shakur is kind of the headliner there, but there are a number of other guys on this roster. I just look up and down at C.T. Thomas, John Bates, Octavius Evans. All of these weapons, are, are they finally coming into their own for Boise State? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you look at John Bates. He's a guy that they, people think can be a, the first player drafted from Boise State next year uh, in terms of being a a tight end position. I mean, he's, he's what you want in an NFL tight end. He's 6'7", 250, and, um, you know, he, he's very athletic. And they've got other guy like a Riley Smith who was a quarterback, and they moved him to tight end, and they're handing him the ball off. He had three carries in the last game as, like, tight end sweeps. And so um, Evans is a guy that uh, is, a, you know, is, a, is a big guy. C.T. Thomas, he scored in the game last year at BYU, is a versatile guy. And Khalil Shakir is kind of the, the do-it-all guy who takes snaps in the Wildcat and, lines up at receiver and running back and in the slot and everywhere in between. So uh, Eric Keesaw, the offensive coordinator, has worked with Charlie Weiss and, uh, you know, Steve Sarkeesian and, and uh, Jeff Tedford and, um, you know, all these different uh, coaches, in, you know, in, in, uh, at Alabama with Nick Saban. And so, I mean, he um, he's kind of combined it all together here. And in the first two games has been very creative with the play calls and the offense. And so, um, yeah, they're going to be unpredictable and move things around and give a lot of different guys a chance to do some things with the ball. And, um, you know, Boise State, you know, it's not surprising they have a good offense. They, they seemingly do every year. And they certainly have four, five, six, seven guys that uh, on any given play you'd feel comfortable getting the ball to. And it's paid off for them in the first two games. On the defensive side of the ball, uh, is it Dimitri Washington is the stud backer that they lost? Is that correct? Yep, yep. 
Yep, Dimitri Washington's out for the season. Yeah, so they had to really retool that defensive front. How big of a loss is he? Yeah, you know, he was playing. He originally came in to start the season. that He was supposed to be their what's called their stud position. It's kind of a hybrid outside linebacker, defensive end guy that just basically rushes the passer. Um, he was supposed to play that role, but he, you know, they wanted to get another guy on the field too, so they moved him to the opposite side, kind of the strict defensive end. But he was, you know, had a chance to be an all Mountain West player this year. He's a, a very good player. He's a guy that coaches think in a year or two could be an NFL player, you know, himself. So he was a, a very big loss. He was a team leader. He's one of their best players on defense, and so maybe he didn't have the stats yet to kind of show that he was like this huge loss. But he was he was just coming into his own in terms of being a. a dominant key player for them on defense so it's a huge loss for them Shane Irwin a junior college transfer now takes over as basically the starter at defensive end played pretty well against Air Force after uh, after Washington went out he had eight tackles was second on the team so uh, he had a sack in their first game of the season so uh, Shane Irwin number 55 he's you know looks to be a capable guy but I don't know if he's you know as a guy coming in from Juco all, all of a sudden going to replace the production of a potential NFL, you know, defensive lineman. So it's a, it's a huge loss for him. No doubt about it. When they have to kind of move a guy, move down the depth chart of spots and, and uh, have the next guy step up. Both the offensive and defensive lines lost a lot of guys from last year's team through two games. How do you think they've done retooling both of the trenches? Yeah, that's been a big storyline for Boise state. The offensive line has actually been pretty, pretty good. I mean, they, did not have a sack in the last game against Air Force. Uh, one sack or three sacks, I think, in the first game, but only one was like a true sack. There was a couple where Bachmeyer was kind of scrambling and then got tackled. But um, you know, in two games, they have you know one kind of legitimate sack where the QB just doesn't have you know a chance and just gets crushed. I think it's pretty good. And so they lost four starters. You know, two that are currently with NFL teams. Their left tackle is starting as a rookie for the Minnesota Vikings. So they lost some quality talent on the line and to replace them with four guys there was a lot of question marks and they've played really well so far and and uh i've been pretty impressed with the offensive line and the defensive line you know know, scaly gahan the starting nose tackle is one of their most experienced guys he's been in and out of the lineup both both games with an injury as well they're relying on a lot of guys on the interior of the line on defense that don't have much experience and they've played pretty well so far i mean some of the rushing numbers are skewed i saw some either media member or blog or something that covers BYU talking about how much, you know, Boise State's giving up on the ground this year through two games and how low they rank. Well, they played, you know, a triple option team in Air Force that that runs every play and it's going to skew some of the numbers. But I I think overall Boise State has looked pretty good. And, and, um, you know, the defensive line is, I think going to get a big test, obviously, against, you know, they were talking all week and about how how big the offensive line is for BYU. And some of these guys are giving up five, six inches um, and in a lot of weight to these guys on the defensive line or offensive line for BYU. So I think that's going to be a, a big challenge is can the D-line hold their own? Can they get some pressure on Wilson and contain him? I think that's going to be a, a huge key to this game is, is uh, you know, frankly, both sides of the ball, how, how, that, how those lines can step up and if they can continue to play well like they have the first two games. There you go. The first part of my conversation with BJ Reigns from the Idaho Press Tribune. We'll get to a few more thoughts from him as we round out this Thursday edition of the podcast here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, another a reminder for you guys. If you're looking to advertise to a unique audience, we'd love to have you guys work with us here on Locked On Cougars. We have a highly educated listenership that has got thousands of BYU fans, both here in Utah as well as across the country. They'd be happy to put your product, your service, whatever you've got out in front of them. 
That's what we do here. We want to help you guys have advertising success in the podcast sphere. We've got a sales team with the Locked On Podcast Network that can help you get to that. So if you're interested in doing so, feel free to email us, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. Happy to chat with you, give you all kind of the details of what we're looking to do and how we can help you guys out and hopefully get you guys on the path to advertising success with us here on Locked On Cougars and the Locked On Podcast Network. Talking with BJ Rains here from the Idaho Press Tribune, covers the Boise State Broncos. BJ, in terms of what you have seen from BYU this year, what do you think is the biggest concern for Boise State on, in terms of what they're facing against the Cougars? Oh, I think it starts. I mean, it's, it's an easy cop-out answer, but it's obviously Wilson. I mean, you're talking about a potential first-round pick at quarterback, and there was debate on Boise Sports Talk Radio, you know, this week is is he the best quarterback uh, ever to come play on the blue, and who who are the top quarterbacks, you know, in terms of uh, previous first-round picks they've had. I mean, Matt Ryan played here in a bowl game once. You had obviously Jordan Love play here, who was a first-round pick. So there's been some talk. I mean, he's He's got to be up there if you're talking about a possible first-round pick and a possible Heisman Trophy candidate. So I think, I think the inexperience on Boise State's defensive line, you know, trying to not let Wilson uh, create things with his legs and you know get out of the pocket and, and run for a lot of first downs and things like that. And um, I think that's got to be a concern. And probably just with Boise State, some of the injuries they've had. Uh, I mentioned two injuries potentially on the defensive line. They're without two safeties in the last game. Um, so I mean, I, I think that it's just Boise State's defense. A lot of uh, you know guys that are banged up and guys that are out. Can they, you know, have a chance and have a fighter's chance to, to slow down, you know, a pretty powerful offense? I mean, I, I do think it's a fair question. Your your listeners, BYU fans, probably would disagree or don't want to hear it. But I mean, I think it's a fair question to wonder just how good is BYU. I mean, you look at who they played. It hasn't hasn't exactly been murderer's row. And so I think that um, you know you put them up against a quality top twenty five team. I think you want to see how they match up. Are they? Are they as good as maybe some of the stats and some of the rankings say? Probably not. But I mean, are they a are they a darn good quality team? I, I think that's you know <clears throat> certainly looks to be the case. I, I just think we'll have a better idea about both these teams, frankly, after the game on Friday. But I think some concern would just be Wilson, um, and, and just you know this is a game that Boise State would have loved to have a packed house in here and have a full crowd, and and uh, you know that's just not going to happen. But uh, I think game two with Jack Sears, you know how. How much now, now that the, the surprise element is gone, uh, BYU has a full week to prepare for him. You wonder if he's able to keep that up, or you know, if, if uh, BYU's defense, which again is ranked very high and has played very well, but again haven't exactly played uh, some some great offenses. How you know how can Boise State's offense move the ball against a BYU defense? I think it'll be key because if you remember the game last year in Provo. Boise State went right down the field with like an impressive drive and scored a touchdown early in the game and then, you know, really struggled offensively for a good chunk of the game until making kind of a late comeback that, that obviously fell short. So uh, I think there's a lot of concerns. BYU's a quality team and it, it's going to be a quality game on Friday. Can you, excuse me, can you put into words the, I guess, aura or the mystique of the blue turf there at Albertson Stadium? Boise has just an incredible home record over the past two decades. Yeah, it's like 121 and nine or something going yeah. back to 2000. Uh, they're the winningest team at home in college football. As I mentioned, they've been a favorite in all but one of those games going back there, all but two of those games. Because if you include 2001, Washington State came in as a as a slight favorite. It's um, you know uh, you know the other thing that is is you know again it has to do with the fans. It won't matter in this game, but the last two years, 2018 and 2019, uh, Albertson Stadium caused there, there were. Uh, more false starts by the opposing team than any other any other venue in the country. 
So, I mean, they, they caused more false starts by the noise in the crowd in Albertson Stadium for the other teams the last two years than, than any team, any stadium around. And so you're not, that's the, that's the kind of thing that you're going to miss. I mean, BYU, frankly, lucked out that uh, this, it just happened to be on the schedule this year that the game was in Boise because I know coming to Boise is tough. I know it's obviously a quote-unquote road game, but um, this is nothing like it would have been the last couple of years where it's been sold-out crowds in 2016, sold-out crowds in 2018, and BYU nearly won both of those games uh, you know, in a hostile environment with a sold-out crowd. So I, I think that, um, that the mystique has a lot to do with the fans, the way the stadium's built. The majority of the seats are in the upper deck, and so they kind of, you know, the, the noise is coming right on top of the. They kind of sit right on top of the field, and it just gets really, really loud. And so, um, I don't want to say the mystique is gone when there's nobody here, but it's just, um, it's just different. It's just, uh, you know, that this everything about it is different when there's no fans. And so, I certainly think that um, a good chunk of the quote-unquote, you know, home field advantage, mystique of the blue, all that is gone when the, when the stands are pretty much empty. But um, you know, they still get hyped up. They're wearing their, their brand new all black uniforms for this one that they just debuted last year. And I think have only worn twice. So they're, they're uh, fired up for that. And, and they, you know, get a little bit of extra juice when they're playing at home, like any team does. So I'm sure they'll still have a little bit of an edge in that category, but not nearly as much as if the, if the stands were packed. Last thing from me, BJ, can you give us a couple of keys to the game for either team in your mind to win it? Well, Boise state offense has not had a turnover in two games. So I think that has to continue Boise state's offense. Uh, has not turned the ball over two different starting quarterbacks, no interceptions, no lost fumbles, no nothing. So I think that uh, it, it's, you know, an easy answer, you know, and I think you say, oh, if you win the turnover battle, you win the game is always true. But I really think in a game like this, the team that makes the least amount of mistakes is going to win because history has proven when this game is, is in Albertson Stadium, it's a very close game. In three of the five games, it's been decided by one point. And that doesn't even include two years ago when they had the play where Zach Wilson was uh, – you know, tackled at the end of the game on the last play, just short of the goal line. So you're talking these games come down to the wire pretty much every time, whether it's in Provo or in Boise. And so you just can't make mistakes. The team that has less penalties, the team that has less turnovers, uh, you know, those kind of mental mistakes just just can't happen in this game. And so I think that's going to be a a big key. And then I think it it comes down to, uh, you know, just as I mentioned earlier, Boise State's defense, if they're able to get some of these injured guys back, uh, whether it be a J.L. Skinner or a Tyreek Jones at safety, Scaly Gahan on the defensive line. You know they, they've got a. You know they're gonna they're going up against a pretty good offense and a pretty good quarterback, a, a damn good quarterback. And so they're gonna have to have their full arsenal of guys out there. You know, obviously Dimitri Washington you know, not included. So I, I think that um, you know it's going to be a really tough game. I think it could go either way, but I think the team that uh, can can you know stay healthy and get the most of their guys out there and like I said, make the least amount of mistakes. I think it's going to be the one that pulls this one out. But I, I, I see no reason why this is not a you know, last second field goal or last second goal line stand type game. I think this one's going to come down. There's no reason with all the other history of ones that have come down to the wire. And then you look at the point spread and everything else. I mean, this just has another absolute classic written all over it. And I'm glad that it's a, you know, Friday night nationally televised game. I think there's going to be a lot of national eyes around the country tuning into this to see if BYU is for real and to see how good Boise State is. And so I think it's got all the makings to be just an incredible game on Friday night. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. BJ, can't thank you enough for taking the time once again. Looking forward to doing this again, hopefully next year and every year after that, considering the series is not going to stop being played. Yeah, always appreciate it, Jake. Thanks a lot, man, and and, it should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. There you have it, BJ Rains from the Idaho Press Tribune. You can follow him on Twitter at BJ Rains, as in it rains, R-A-I-N-S. 
Great work covering Boise State football for the Idaho Press Tribune as well as BlueTurfSports.com. You'll see a lot from him in the game this coming Friday as he tweets from also the Boise State perspective and just overall a good dude. And I really appreciate BJ taking the time. Feel free to reach out to him. Let him know you're thankful that he was able to come on the podcast. Once again, at BJ Reigns on Twitter. Look, that's going to do it for today's edition of the show. A big thank you once again for joining us. Make sure to follow this show on Twitter as well as Facebook and Instagram. Search out Locked On Cougars. You can find us on all three platforms. My personal Twitter handle, if you'd like to follow me there, is Jacob C. Hatch. And also feel free to email us anytime, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. Tomorrow, more of an in depth look at what I expect to see from the Boise State games. Get ready for a game day on a Friday night up there at Albertson Stadium. Should be a fun game. Looking forward to covering it, guys. So big thank you once again for joining us on this daily podcast, all focused on the BYU Cougars. Have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast for November 5th, 2020, and we will talk to you guys manana.